Hello, Mr. Wensing. How may I help you? Um, yeah, I was calling to see if this was the uh, podcast uh, recording. Uh, let me check. Oh, hey, Matt. Hey, Peter. Welcome, welcome back. Uh, I got your. I think I got your secretary because you're just you're moving on up. Yep, I am doing so well these days. So uh, I had a call center to to help me out with all the demos I'm doing. Oh, nice. Yeah, I felt, <laughs> I felt screened. But, um, but I'll yeah, give you my I, direct number. Okay, yeah, I would appreciate that. Um, Did you listen to my podcast last week? <laughs> I listened. <laughs> I listened to my podcast last week. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I remember the first time someone called it Matt Wensing's podcast on Stars for the Rest of Us, and it made me cry inside. <laughs> someone on Stars for the Rest of Us called it that. And it wasn't Rob. It was someone calling in. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> that's I was, yeah, they were talking about Matt Wensing's uh, podcast. <laughs> that's that's terrible. That's really bad. <laughs> yeah, sorry. welcome back. Thank you. It looked like you had a fabulous trip. It was, you know, time really slowed down on that trip, and it was very nice. Well, it didn't look like that. It looked like you need a new kind of insurance every day, <laughs> the activities <laughs> you were doing. Yeah, yeah. So we went um, we went white water white water rafting twice, um, and we went horseback riding. So those were like the adventurous things, and then we went fly fishing, which was not as adventurous, but still really nice and uh, outside. So I guess we could have run to a bear. Mountain biking as well. Oh, I forgot that that one. <laughs> okay, that one. I have to say, if my brother in law is listening. Um, I still, I still really appreciate you, uh, but that was oh. definitely the uh, that was the most dangerous of them all. And um, little story to that, which was great. So this is my f- second time ever really mountain biking, and by that I mean like not just trails, but some real terrain. On a mountain. <laughs> well, um, I, I, yeah, on a mountain, definitely on a mountain. That's true. First time actually mountain biking, but I've been <laughs> quote unquote mountain biking in Tennessee. And they've got yeah. you know hills and some elevation, but but this is like the second time ever, and that time was like I was ten years younger, and like I don't know, it, it was it was pretty easy. Suddenly, we're like going up much steeper terrain for a lot longer, and then uh, the going down part, there was like a fork in the trail, and there was like the hey, if we go to the right, it's toward the end of the day, the sun is starting to uh, get low. It's beautiful among these aspen trees. And so we're just loving it. But um, like to go to the right, it looked like a pretty steep trail down. And then the straight path to keep going looked like a much longer trail. And he sort of advertised it as, yeah, if we go to the right, we'll get there sooner than we need to be. If we go to the left, it's a little bit longer and we'll get there right before we have to turn the bikes in because they're rentals. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. Let's go, let's go left. So like suddenly we pull off to the side and we start taking some pictures because the scene was just beautiful from up there. Um, this was in Breckenridge, uh, Colorado. And so it's just the 10 mile range as they call it and all these peaks. And so like suddenly going the opposite direction, like a, away from where we're going comes this person who's got like knee pads and elbow pads and like a full helmet um and like what looks like a pretty serious mountain bike and like i thought either me or he said like oh yeah he's he's on his way to go do some serious biking 
<laughs> you were too. <laughs> and then, like, I was like, yeah. And I didn't think about it um, until we got about halfway. Suddenly, we got to this point where it's like, okay, this is not flat anymore. We need to make a turn. And then another turn. And then suddenly, we're going through these trails. So it's only wide enough for one bike at a time. And my handlebars are like within an inch of these aspen trees. And huh. if you clip one, you fall down a pretty steep hill. Um, and, and so we got about halfway down that one. He's like, yeah, guys, um, this is a black, this is a black rated trail, um, which is like the expert trails. Um, he's like, I, I thought it would be pretty short, uh, to get down from here. So like we wouldn't have to deal with much, but, uh, it was, it was crazy, dude. Like oh, no. I've never, yeah. So what, what I ended up doing is, um, kind of my brain changed once i heard that i was like oh this explains why i'm having so much difficulty so i'm just gonna like get off my bike anytime i'm nervous and stop assuming that i'm able to do this trail <laughs> because, <laughs> because like before i was like come on matt you can do this um once he said that i was like okay i have a really good excuse to get off my bike and walk it through any of these parts that are just kind of crazy um so that was that was fun, but uh, I I told my son partway down. I was like, "Hey, man, at this point, let's just get you know getting down without an injury is going to be a success." Uh, and <laughs> but I mean, it was beautiful. We had a good time. We took it easy, and you know, nothing bad happened. Fortunately, but yeah, man, the whole trip was uh, a real like suspension from you know suburban life under the pandemic not really much to do i mean we we got to go outside a lot and explore and um everyone in the little town wore masks so it was still safe uh i feel like everyone was social distancing pretty well so um oh i'm uh, glad you make it back made it back safely thank you yeah and i will definitely definitely want to go back and do more stuff like that the summertime in the mountains is uh it's just awesome man i love it Yeah. yeah awesome yeah. So are you uh, are you ready to start back in the office or? I already have. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. I did a full day of work yesterday um, amidst, you know, returning the rental car and a bunch of other, you know, uh, pedestrian things. But definitely back in the saddle, the metaphorical one. And uh, yeah, I feel like it's it's definitely... A new world for Summit, which I'm happy to talk more about. Yeah, explain. <laughs> explain. <laughs> um, I was telling this to, actually I was chatting with our mutual friend Jordan uh, yesterday. Uh, Jordan Gall. Of hey, Jordan. Hey, Jordan, uh, if you're listening. And <clears throat> I was just trying to catch up with him because it's just been a while. And with no microconf, this is how we reconnect. So I was telling him, it's, it's just at the point now where i should say it's finally at the point where um after 60 something episodes <laughs> where um you know i know i know there are some people who get it who really like it and who are getting the value out of it that i want them to get mm-hmm. and you know some of them are paying for it because they're already over the line other ones are not yet but they're gonna go over the line i believe and it's a, just a big shift from wishing you could figure out how to make this very valuable for anyone you know and Mm -hmm. so 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 the shift now really is hey 
you who's getting a ton of value out of it, that's great. And I want to make sure you're successful. So I'm going to set up the intercom emails and reach out to you occasionally and make sure that you're happy and you're not going to cancel and that you're getting, you know, you're growing your usage. But in addition to that, <laughs> I'm now spending, I'm now going to start devoting a significant percentage of my time to saying, hey, you over there that tried the product, you're really not that different. Like you're, you're different in the sense that you couldn't um, climb the learning curve, right? But you should be getting the same value out of it as this other person. And I, how do I make that happen? So it's the, it's the videos, it's the quick starts, um, it's the just making onboarding and activation easier. It's new features that I learn about from those people who say, hey, I really got stuck because it didn't have this. But if it did, like, then it would be kind of all clicks, you know? And so that's just, it's really exciting because, again, it's its not the zero <laughs> anymore. <laughs> like the, there's momentum, you know? It's yeah. Like, and I know that if I do that, those people can become like that first person and start to really engage and pay. And yeah, man, it's, it's um, what do they call this? <laughs> it's the, uh, the wheels turning, right? It's, um, what, what does that look like? Like in, in practical terms, like what are you, like how are you trying to do this? Yeah, so actually I'll give a really practical example. Um, I'm going to take back something I said a couple episodes ago, which was... Um, I might edit this out then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you gotta got to eat a little humble pie here. Um, it's just learning. Like, it's a good example of learning. So I had a blank slate that people would come to for the modeling piece. So after you connect your metrics, you come to the, hey, build your financial model. And the very first version, the one that you got, was like zero events to start, nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And you had to figure out, oh, man, I have to add this one so I can add this one. Because if I don't add this one first, then it's a dead end, you know, and, and, and. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, dead ends are terrible. I don't want you to realize that there's an order of operations here that you have to follow. So let me go ahead and smooth that out. So here's, you know, here's these must-have items in your in your toolbox, right? So that it's not a completely blank slate and you don't get stuck. So I've been that, doing that was stuff like like a pay, payroll cycle stuff like that, right? Exactly. So you you added an employee because there's a little button there to do that, and it was like, oh yeah, I want to add my team members. But then the way that this, the model works is, if you add a team member, that's fine. But when you add the team member, you have to tell the system like, okay, what payroll are they joining? Are they joining the monthly yeah. one, the weekly one? And you're like, oh, I, I need to do that first. So then you have to go back. So that's that's bad. That's just a lot of friction. And it was just, um, people were failing, right? So I fixed yeah. that by saying, you know what? Here's a payroll out of the box. And here's some retention curves out of the box. And now you can just go to whatever section you want to and start adding stuff. And, you know, that's good. And I nice. I had said, yeah. And I got feedback from Rob, Mr. Walling, saying, oh, man, it'll be great if, you know, once people get there, there's like, it just instantly loads, you know, like the typical maybe bootstrapper or SaaS business, right? So it's got like the gold plan, the bronze plan, and the silver plan. It's got, you know, a few employees, et cetera. And my knee-jerk reaction to that was no, Rob. <laughs> and no, Peter, I think you suggested You're wrong. Suggested you're wrong. And the reason you're wrong is that um, like Excel, which is what I'm trying to replace, it is a blank slate, right? And mm. how power users want a blank slate. And 
the funny thing is I was wrong about that. Um, actually, I was right about that, but I was wrong to say no. And here's the thing. Power users, like the really deep power users, they do want a blank slate. But what about the other people who come to the product and they haven't spent hours with Matt Wensing? What do they want? And so I, I had this kind of vision or epiphany while I was on vacation, which was, you know what I need? I just need something that when they hit that screen, it can say, what would you like to do? Do you want to start with a template that that automatically has a typical SaaS model, a typical e-commerce model, a typical enterprise, you know, sales motion model? Or, Mr. Power User, do you want a blank slate, right? And yeah, I mean, let, let them pick Google one, Sheets, right? they have these, you know, like here's a template for how to set up a budget for your personal finance or something like that. Exactly. And so does Excel. <laughs> Excel has yeah. this too. And PowerPoint, all the office products have these. I just, I I personally don't, I've used them actually. And, and it's funny, like when I have needed them, they're great. Um, for first time users, it's like, oh, I need to send my first invoice. It's awesome that you can go to Word and just pick yeah. in invoice and it like styles this invoice with a blanks in it for the prices and the line items and the taxes and all this stuff. And so yeah. I just realized, you know, a blank sheet, that's what, you know, the superpower is almost like the expert power user wants. Yeah. Um, but somebody willing to use the product, they need that. So so what I'm going to do <laughs> is uh, beginning this week, I'm going to start building it. But uh, essentially, it's going to hit you with a modal that pops up as soon as you hit that modeling page and it says, you know, welcome. Here's how it works. And you can pick you know, a self-service SaaS model, a inside sales and self-service SaaS model, an enterprise SaaS model, e-commerce, um, hardware devices plus software subscription, like an IoT or a Peloton kind of business model. Like, So th- there's going to be some choices, like two to four to five different business models that are very generic. Um, maybe like a, a uh, another good one, but like a mobile app, right? Mobile apps have yeah. very different... Mobile apps have very different acquisition channels and pricing and everything. So I, I want to give people those options. And then at the, you know, there can be a sixth box that says, I want just a totally blank slate. And even then I'll probably give them the four that I mentioned earlier so that they're not stuck. Yeah. Stuck. Yeah. But this is what I'm going to do. And this opens up a whole... This is exciting for a couple of reasons. One is people that are failing to activate, I feel like they will be able to go in and go, oh, I see. I just need to edit this revenue plan to be my actual pricing or I need to change yeah. this salary to be what my co-founder actually makes, you know, stuff like that. Um, and then number two is because my pricing is based on events, I'm actually helping people load their account with, you know, that initial 10 to 12 items. So that the free, the free limit is 15. But if I give them a model that works, and it boosts them to 10 or 12 from the get-go. What's that going to do for me? Frankly, happier customer, happier business, because they're going to be a lot closer to that conversion trigger sooner. Clever. Right. right? Uh, but I it's should, a win-win, right? I should offer people to run 10 deployments at one time in branch just to be <laughs> really sure that it works. Same thing, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's the same. But it's... it's um. I don't know what it's like. Actually, it's kind of interesting that way. It's it's almost like uh, um, 
you know, it's I, I keep comparing my pricing model to almost like Dropbox or something or Google Drive where it's like, hey, you get a 100 gigabyte per month storage. And if you want more, you pay more. Yeah. But there's not really an element to that service where they say, oh, well, you know, we're going to preload 60 megabytes worth of data into your account because, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's like i mean you know there might be one but there's that doesn't exist and if they did do that it'd obviously be super um creepy wrong and creepy yeah um but in this sense it's weird because it's like actually that is what i want you know i i didn't want to do the work of creating those 10 you've done the work for me um i might be good to go now and so i don't be I'm happy you did that. So it's kind of interesting. I'm not really sure what that's like. It's, um, you know, you're setting yeah. the t- table for someone maybe, but it's a, yeah. it's a win-win. Yeah. That's, I like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was wrong about the fact that it's the wrong way to do it. I think it's the wrong way for some people, but I was so focused on the power, you know, the super power user, which is the one that I wasn't pleased yeah. with the first version of the product. But now I have to come back and say, okay, dude, that ultra power user is happy. Um, they're getting it. Now I need to come down to like the average intermediate user and yeah. still give them a bridge, right? Still give them a That's hand. awesome. Yeah. And so that kind of stuff is, is it's exciting because I think, I think the, the intention is there. The desire is there. And I just need to, like I said, you know, hold out a, hold out a helping hand here and yeah. get them get them over the line. The other thing that I should mention, so that's kind of on the maker side, the plans sticking with our old uh, format, our I'll tried and true format. <laughs> on the manager side, some cool stuff. Um, I, I'm really positioning Summit as a, an Excel competitor for the use case of modeling you know, a business. Mm. And that has actually helped me really clarify the positioning with some partners. So um, technology partners and product partners are, are one thing, but services partners is another. And yeah. I had said when we were in Croatia, for folks that have been listening that long, uh, we had a, a little uh, podcast episode up on the on the balcony or the rooftop. Oh, miss which that. Was so lovely. Um, but what I said there, I was just like, yeah, maybe I should be building the you know, like bench, um, bench for financial modeling, right? Or bench for forecasting, uh, bench for a CFO, if you will. And that sounded good at the time because where people were struggling, obviously was to like get more value out of the product and it was the wrong product. And that was, uh, ended up being the reason. Um, but now that I have the right product, it turns out that there are already (laughs) hundreds, thousands of experienced financial analysts, CFOs for hire, fractional CFOs, full-time financial operations people out there who use Excel already. Yeah. And why would I want to compete with them from a full stack perspective, like a full service perspective? What I'm doing instead is I've begun working with um, one uh, very experienced financial modeler, and he has begun building models in Summit. Um, for clients and for me to use for things like these uh, onboarding templates. And he's becoming, you know, like I said, kind of the superpower user, right? Yeah. Um, And he will be able to do all the things with it 
right? That, 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 that any, that a beginner can't, but what's wonderful about it is that he's happy to be doing, at least at this point, a services business where people come to him and say, Hey, I'm looking to raise money. I need a financial model or, Hey, I need somebody to help us figure out our finances so that we know our run, you know, runway, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I don't want to compare. I don't want to have to hire somebody to compete with him. And it makes a lot more sense for me. And what I'm a lot happier with is saying, look, I don't want to be bench. Uh, what I'd rather be is into it, if you will, create yeah. QuickBooks um, or Microsoft and create Excel and say, Hey, good news. All the folks that do that kind of service, here's a tool that is uh, designed to model businesses financially, which Excel yeah is not <laughs> it's designed to do everything for everybody all across the world right um, yeah it's not designed for that and there's you know a couple main reasons like cohort based math is is a must have for modeling subscription businesses but it's really hard to do accurately in excel and almost nobody does it right um again retention curves all, all the stuff we talked about so uh frankly simulation is a better way to model a business than you know, running things out in a grid and Excel is not natively good for that. So, so that's my plan now. My strategy, uh, better said, is really begin to build a uh, a base of ex- you know, base of experts, uh, service providers that are really, really good with the tool. Yeah. And when folks come to me and say, "Hey, I just signed up for a subscription, but I wish I had somebody to help me set up my business." That's my customer success. I mean, those folks, I hope, you know, with their gold star ratings, if you will, uh, and certifications can be kind of that outsourced customer success uh, team. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, you know, it adds a lot of value to your product. And it, you know, if you're evaluating a product like Summit and you see that there are people like professionals who charge to help you use that product, it, you know, it makes the product itself more credible, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's it definitely like I, I'm getting put, it's getting put through its paces by an absolute expert who yeah. has done hundreds or thousands of models in Excel. And he's telling me, Hey, I need the core of the product to do this. I need the core of the product to support that. That's my, that's my product feedback. Right. Yeah. And if I can make the core of the product do that or capable of that, he can scale the application of it, right? And so can thousands of others, right? So, um, and, and I think I think this becomes, yeah, I think it becomes another skill people. I mean, my dream is that one day on a LinkedIn profile somewhere, there's a, you know, Summit certified <laughs> uh, <laughs> professional or planner, right? Yeah. Uh, attached to their resume. Yeah. That's really cool. So it sounds like, you are maybe even starting to think about Q4 a little bit and what sort of activities you need to be focusing on. Yeah, I am. And I listened to the last episode of uh, your podcast. <laughs> yeah. And it, it made me think about that because you guys are doing some OKRs. Um, yeah, together. I was trying to teach, you know, just, you know, pass on what you passed to me and, uh, <laughs> you know, pay it forward. <laughs> yeah, Sure. Yeah, I think, um, so for me, and I said this in my investor update that I just sent out, which I actually got out decently within, you know, the end of July, which felt really good as well. Um, always helps when you have good news, right? <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> is I, um, I sent that out and what I said was, look, 
I really believe that I've got a sliver of customers now who really love this product and users. I want to grow that sliver, but the first thing I need to do is before I pour more into the top of the funnel um, and, and create these big acquisition channels, I haven't built any channels yet, right? I'm just tweeting, podcasting, talking. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Um, before I really dredge those channels and say, hey, bring them all, you know, bring it on. Um, I really want to, again, make that onboarding sing, make that activation happen for more than half the people that sign up. You know, if it doesn't yeah. happen, it's because they didn't have enough time to click two extra buttons and really get into it, you know, not because they were just like scratching their heads. Um, so I believe that if I can focus in August on those things, then September, October, November, um, which is really, in a way, that's Q3, 4, because December is like a non-event, at least in the States. Um, and I'm not sure how it is over there, but like businesses in the States come to a grinding halt about December 10th. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I think if I focus on those things, then I can really go with confidence to some pretty big potential partners and say, you guys would love to promote this product because it's integrated with your product it does integrate with your product. Your customers would love this product, right? And so here's, go ahead, start promoting it. Like I'm ready. So I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. spending August and September working on those prepare to scale things, right? Prepare to scale the top of the funnel and not be worried about it. I'm also, um, I just brought on, drum roll, a uh, part-time, very, very part-time, um, probably just for a week or two, we'll see a uh, developer to yeah. help with, uh, yeah, to basically take where I got the rewrite to from a, just from where it is, let's just put it that way, from what am I trying to say? The architecture, the code base, the implementation, the way I did the view implementation, right? The, the tailwind implementation. And let's just say modernize those where, um, it's not only Matt Wensing that understands the setup, right? Like this, the setup uh-huh. right now is very much like the reason it's this way is because this is as much as Matt was willing to learn during his 70 day rewrite. Right. Yeah. Um, what I want him to do is take it and spend a week and really transform it to more of a vanilla, just standard, not vanilla is the wrong word, but just like a standard implementation of view and tailwind. Yeah. And and Django and maybe something like Turbo Links, um, where somebody can come in and say, like, oh, you need a feature? Like, I can do this all day because it's not this weird thing to me. And the person that I'm working with in particular, like, he and I have had some exchanges in the past about Summit. And uh, it was really cool because I I showed him sort of the way I was doing things, like, in the get her done attitude. And he was just very pragmatic. He's like, oh, I get it. You know, you didn't bother to do this this thing with webpack or this thing with yeah. you know minification or this thing with this um here's how you can make that a little bit better and i was like i really like your pragmatic non-critical uh-huh. approach to uh-huh. <laughs> um, you know like uh-huh. you know he didn't go running for the hills and so i i came around to this earlier this week and i'm like i mean here's a great example i want to be able to deep link into different parts of the app right um and with Vue, you can have a router which lets you do that, right? Um, right now, I've got 
a page-based kind of monolith where you know mm. if you put in a uh, you put in a URL, it will it will send you to the correct Django view, which loads you know the correct part of the view app. Yeah. But there's no view router, right? So <clears throat> that kind of stuff. I I, tr- I literally I remember spending like an hour or two in the view docs and everything else towards the end of the rewrite, going, I really want to be able to deep link somebody to the billing section of the settings page but i can, i'm not i can't figure this out so like i just don't i just don't care enough right <laughs> they, they, can, <laughs> they can go to slash settings and then they can click billing and they can do it um and, until somebody like this person comes in so he's going to come in and do some damage there which i'm really excited about and nice yeah 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 i think we we talked about this off air and it it sounds like a really good idea and sounds like you found the perfect fit for that yeah, I mean, he he looked at the scope of what I wanted, and it, uh, he was like, "I think I think most of these items could be done in a day or two. And I'm like, "You're probably right because that's it, it's not the day or two; it's the f- three or four years of experience that I don't have <laughs> to, yeah. you know, to do it in a day or two. And there's no reason for me to try and fail to do that stuff when I can just pay you to do it instead. So, um, yeah, and odds are, so. like, he'll do it in a way that another developer who looks like him will be able to figure out how to work with it. And that's the reason I'm doing it, right? Again, yeah. it's not... The reason I did the rewrite wasn't so that it was rewritten, right? The point, no. of it was, <laughs> the point of it was to get to the point where somebody like this person could step in. And then he's going to take to the point where like, one of many people could step in yeah. and knock off other little things without having to understand the entire system, you know, the way that, yeah. the way that he does, the way that I did. Yeah, I'm totally. Trying to trying to scale the scale the ability to contribute meaningfully to the product mm-hmm. is what I'm. That's what I, as the founder, am doing, and then I'm hiring individuals to, you know, again, refactor it up a level and get it to where so where somebody can jump in. And so I, I asked this, for example, I asked him about animations. There's actually no animations in the site currently. Everything happens instantly. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's just because of some like django plus view timing issues and rendering stuff and somebody listening to this right now probably knows the answer but again it wasn't worth my time what i'd love for you know this this part-time hire to do is get to the point where either he does it or somebody else could step in and again in a week plug in all the animations that are missing because it's ready for that animations dude marquee behavior scroll what's the problem uh yeah, you, you know, I. <laughs> you remember those in HTML? I, oh, yeah, I do, I do, and I almost, I. <laughs> so funny <laughs> enough, there is a part of Summit, the new version, which has a cursor in it, and I actually remember looking up like, I'd like this cursor to blink, and then I was yeah. like, Matt, 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 no, not, <laughs> that is not the way things are done in 2020. So. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I stepped away from the keyboard and said, animations is going to be somebody else's job. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. But awesome. That's yeah. So like this feels really good. Um, you know, runway still is what it is. I'm eager to grow revenue so that I don't have to worry about runway anymore. I'm kind of at the nine month mark at this point, which is, you know, according to plan. Um, okay. But I, I can now kind of see, early next year ish running out of funds in the case where revenue doesn't grow. So that's a little, it's a little nerve wracking, but at the same time, the plan is to grow revenue. So I'm, I'm not, not that worried yet. Yeah. I think, you know, I think we're in a similar place where it's like, 
you could start to like push really hard on that front, but like there's still these like, you know, you're fine tuning the model and the engine and, you know, you, you yeah. just know that all the work you do right now is going to be easier now and it's going to increase your odds of success yep. when you push the big button, right? That's yeah. at least how I feel. <clears throat> yeah, I've had I've had some questions lately, like, have you launched? And I, I I don't know how to answer that anymore because the answer is if you go to usesummit.com, it's there. <laughs> you can use it. Yeah. Um, oh, have I, I launched shifted, a few times, right? Yeah, I mean, have I shifted my focus to increasing the number of people who hit that page no absolutely not and i think that's usually what people mean by launch but what i said Mm. was look um i've had six to twelve people you know unique people per day in in the last 30 days try out the new product that's over 200 it's like 250 something i've lost you know haven't checked recently let's just say 250 signups since july 6 um i don't need any more feedback than that right now like that's, yeah. <laughs> that was, I, I actually, and, and what's funny is I've wrung almost all of the feedback out of that group. I put it into an August plan and September plan, and I'm going to attack that. Once that's done, you know, bring on the next 500, right? And, and it's, to me, it's kind of like rinse, wash, repeat at that point. But like, what good would it do to have a thousand people hit the site instead of 250? You get the same feedback but four times each, right? And you feel terrible because you've actually just like burned a bunch of, of wood that, you know, yeah. <laughs> you weren't yeah. really ready for. Um, You're really I, segueing into my update now, actually. Perfect. Well, I, I, let's do that because I've talked a long time. <laughs> yeah, so um, what you just said, like it, it's exactly like kind of like what's going on in my head right now. Um. Had an amazing day on Monday when I well, first of all, I recorded the podcast with Simon, which was um, which was nice. Um, missed you, of course, but um, I think uh, it was fun to have Simon on. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I think I mentioned that we we had got a new customer like a couple of days before the week before or something like that. Um, but. Uh, there that a few things happened that day that I was you know kind of like hoping that I had had the chance to mention that on the podcast because it was really exciting um, but basically uh after we record the podcast I had another call with Bjorn and while I was on the call someone uh, signed up for the paid plan because they were adding a team member and you know we we're really excited and and then um I'm looking into user list and I'm seeing like, you know, while we're on the call, I kind of like got distracted because I got the, someone just paid 50 bucks notification. Um, so I'm looking awesome. into user list. Yeah. And um, I can see that someone else that I've been keeping my eyes on were like running a few builds and they were at like 19 builds or something like that. And 20 is the limit. Um, so right when we got off the call, she converted <laughs> so now it's two customers in one oh, day uh, which yeah. is definitely the first time it's really exciting and then i you know I, i'm i'm still at the point where i know you know i keep an eye on everyone who signs up and like how they use the product and i there was actually a couple other people that i was looking at who i knew like could potentially convert within a couple of days so a couple hours later the third person that day 
<laughs> converted to paid. And at that point, I was pretty euphoric. (laughs) (laughs) Maya had to wake you up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was really exciting. Um, But yeah, kind of like the the weird part was that I had looked into these people's accounts, at least two of them, um, a couple times and like looked how many bills they had done in the the last few days and like kind of like trying to estimate when they would hit the limit and then, you know, speculate if, if they would convert to a paid plan. Um, but you kind of like it, it, you're kind of able to tell like are the, how serious are they taking this? Like they know that it's going to cost money when they sign up, and if they're super serious about implementing it and they start using it daily for a couple of days, like there's a pretty good chance that they will convert, right? Yeah. So after these three people converted all in one day, um, I looked into user list, and there was only like one or two other people in there that looked like they could convert like anytime soon. And it, and it made me really stressed, like, because it was almost like, you know, the exciting part is actually when someone activate and you see that they start using their product and then you know that they'll probably convert if they when mm. they hit the limit. Yeah. But now, like, the funnel started looking a little bit empty because I just burnt three of the really, <laughs> you know, the, the, the leads that I was right, waiting right. for, right? Yeah. You no, know, it's like I got all the presents at one time and... Nothing <laughs> <laughs> um, under the tree. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, exactly. Like that was the feeling. And then it made me it made me a little bit stressed. Like I was looking at the funnel and it didn't look like you know, it, it didn't look like three people would sign up the next day as well, right? Um and it and and I started to think like, oh, maybe I'm not, you know, like maybe maybe it's not that good. <laughs> you know, it, it felt good for like two minutes and then I was like, it's it didn't feel that good anymore. And then I I started thinking about it. And I'm like, you know, I, I when I look at my quarterly plan right now, when I look at all the activities we're doing and I look at all the plans we have, like, what are we optimizing for right now? Yeah. Like, is there is there anywhere in our plan right now where we're optimizing for, like, bringing more people in the top of the funnel? And the answer yeah. is no. Like, we're doing yep. partnerships with the hosting companies because one day we hope that they'll send a lot of customers our way. But actually... You know, since actually when I was doing my Q2 planning and and we t- we talked about the same thing here, um, one of the things the two of us actually talked about was that I can't control how many people I'll get from the hosting companies. So the best way to approach them at this stage is probably more as like a customer development, product development kind of point of view. So use them as a way to get in the heads of their agency customers and their like and their combined experience as sales engineers and stuff and use that to build the product and inform the roadmap which is exactly what we've done but anyways like what i'm trying to say is like there's nothing we're doing right now strategically that's about like getting more people in the top of the funnel like everything is about seeing if the fundamental stuff about like some you know someone sees the product they play around with it they activate and then they convert and that was working super well that day um yep yeah and 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 like honestly that ability to focus and remember what the mission at the moment is is to me so like being able to put those blinders on to me is like a founder talent that so that way when somebody comes along and is like points out the fact that you have that or, you know, don't have that, or this is missing or why is this better? You're like, that's not what I'm working on right now. And so it doesn't even, 
it doesn't even matter. It's like, because again, a hundred times 90 times zero times 50 is, is zero. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like pointing out that the 50 is not 90 or the 90 is not a hundred or the hundred is not a thousand is irrelevant. Like I'm yeah. still working on the zeros. Right. Yeah. 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 And it's, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, it's not stressing me out right now. And it's like, we're, as you just said, like we're getting enough feedback right now. And when those three people signed up, that actually marked um, the 10 customer milestone, which felt pretty good as well. Um, it's amazing. So, yeah, it is. And it's it's just, it's it's an interesting milestone that makes you think quite a bit. And, and a lot of my, like a, a lot of things on my roadmap and my, not backlog, but like, you know, all the different notes you have about the future of the company and stuff. A lot of it is like, yeah, worry about this when you have 10 customers that are happy paying customers. Um, and yeah, that's so it, it, it switches my mindset a little bit. But yeah, then at the same time, it's like, you know, that we're, we are seeing that the model is working, right? That's the thing we're proving right now. And we're getting enough feedback from these people, both paying customers and free customers and, you know, people that aren't even users yet um, about what they need. So we actually have a few things that we really want to work on right now before we really try to push more people through the funnel because there's some things that obviously aren't working right now and we're slowly learning what they are. So I've had a lot of revelations like that actually in the past few weeks, which has been interesting. Um, last week, we pushed out the onboarding survey that I've been talking about as well, where we ask people a few questions when they sign up. And it's been really interesting to read these answers as well. And it's made me feel much better, you know, about the numbers we're getting because you know, there's so many reasons why people don't activate straight away in the product. And you might think that it's just because something's wrong or, you know, it, it sucks for some reason or they, they don't care about it. But these survey results actually, yeah, they, they show they show a different picture. Um, so my gut feeling as a founder who cares a lot about my product is when people sign up and they don't do anything that I failed somehow. Yeah, um, I don't know if you can relate to that feeling, but oh, it's completely. it just feels yeah. bad. Um, but then when you see the survey result, like one of the questions are, "Are you technical?" And if and the answer is no, so you're like, okay, it's not that weird that you haven't done anything because yeah, <laughs> that, that's not your thing, right? Um, right, right. <laughs> and another question is, do you have a project ready to try branch on? And if the answer is no, it's like, okay, <laughs> then it, it makes sense why you're stuck or why you're just like looking around and not doing anything. Right, right. Yeah. And <laughs> it's funny. I think retailers in their DNA understand this completely because you walk into a store and you're like, ooh, look at this. Look at that. Like, are you actually in the market for that? No, but like, I really wanted to check it out. And then yeah. like you come back six months later and you buy, you know, that jacket or whatever it was because it's actually cold <laughs> outside yeah. and you're like, you know, or it's your time to buy the thing. And, um, but yeah, it is really easy to discourage without that extra level of insight. Right. Yeah. Well, we're just getting so much information these days. I'm, I'm doing a few demos as well. And those are, 
those are getting better. Like I, I said last week um, when I was talking to Simon that I, I felt a little bit disappointed, but I think maybe that was more a result of most of the demos that I did I did um, in the beginning was just people who had signed up a while ago or who was following me on Twitter or listening to the podcast or something like that. Um, but now I'm getting now I'm getting the kind of demos where someone signed up and it wasn't they weren't 100% clear about like how to start using this product or you know they had some clarifying questions so they just had you know maybe they just wanted to like make sure that there was someone real there that they ca- that cared about them um mm. before they were ready to really invest um in migrating so like I was having a a call with someone who had like 60 projects um at another CICD platform that he was looking to migrate because their pricing model was you know i'm it really confirmed um kind of like some of the decisions we made about our pricing when we finally like figured out our positioning um, and we tried to come up with a pricing model that worked for agencies because the same day he was saying he was moving from another cicd tool because it was way too expensive and it was like if you ask me um compared to branch so I actually thought that you know paying hundred fifty dollars for branch was super cheap, um, because we a lot of CI/CD tools are built for like a product company or a big organization, not necessarily an agency that do a lot of projects for other people and have low margins potentially. Um, so our pricing model just fit his use case more. But then at the same time, like actually while I was on that call, someone from a startup was complaining about our pricing. Um, in the live chat and i i kind of just told him like i understand like your frustration but our pricing is really built for for an agency which you're not so that's probably why yeah so good yeah (laughs) so so yeah so it's just like you you get so many signals but like once you start to you know talk to people more and get more information like you just start to understand more like which signals to listen to um and which to ignore Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I was listening to uh, um, Ruben Gomez was on a interview, um, actually on Rogue Startups with Craig. Um, and he mentioned how he did a AppSumo deal to launch DocSketch. Yeah. Um, and he mentioned that he's like, it's it was really easy because of the way that we implemented that program to segment, which... Um, just segment the feedback. And he just was very blunt. He's like... And I just ignored completely feedback from people that weren't in our target, you know, ideal customer profile, right? Yeah. Irrelevant. I'm like, yes. Yeah, you kind of have to. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Overall, like I feel really optimistic right now. Like, you know, we're the when the right people get into the product, they really get it and they they like it. And we have a few issues that are clear right now, like things that people don't understand in the product. Um, and it's not, un- it, 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 it's it been obvious for a while that something wasn't working, but I think just a combination of like the positioning work we've done, like the, all the, the customer development stuff where we're talking to people more and encouraging people to talk to us in live chat and booking demos and stuff. And just really like, being very like um not confrontational but like we're really in people's face when they sign up now compared to a few weeks ago 
like we really start to understand where the problems are and 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 also what the solution might be so we're we started a fairly big project this week um which is basically like a new shape up cycle uh, that'll go on for six weeks um where we'll work on how you handle environments in branch um so basically make it even more easy to connect to your hosting platform and basically everything that's strictly related to deployment move that basically give that a higher priority in the comp in in the product and everything that's just more like traditional ci cd hide that and a, a little bit um so we really like really focus on the experience um from like a deployment tool point of view um which is really like the use case that we where we see we add a lot of value right now um but it's really it's weird because of the basically where we're focusing right now in the product it's when you when you when you just look at the product like it's it's two text fields in a form right now and this like when we're done with this project this will be like two different pages or three different pages or something like that in the app mm. or areas in the app um and but it's like in our minds we were like how can it be that hard when it's just two text fields like it's super right. simple but the reality is it's like really complicated because it's too simple um mm. and we realized with this project we're actually going to unlock a lot of other cool things that we can do um so it's the 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 hard thing right now is trying to take this project find out what's core to enable all the other cool things and try to group all those other cool things into their own projects like on the roadmap in the future so we don't try to do it all at once because we want to make sure that we have a, a release in a couple of weeks and not in a couple of months um but it's kind of interesting like it's almost like when we solve this core problem about how we handle environments and hosts in in the product like it'll just enable so many other cool things we can do yeah yeah it, it's funny right like the, that's I was just telling someone part of tiny seed in the slack today is like he he mentioned something he had an idea or feedback and it caused me to change the top nav of the site um and it's like oh that that's a little change but like it unlocks so much so much <laughs> like that that yeah it, it it is funny how like small changes can either do nothing yeah or they can do an outsized amount yeah, and I'm not yeah, saying yeah. that you're talking about it small, but it, if you think about it as a singular change, or compared to hiring 50 people, right? It's like, yeah, it's not, it's not huge, but it is so funny no. how how like the impact you can get from certain changes is not, yeah. it's not proportional to the, it's not proportional to the effort. Always, it's it's entirely about is it the right thing? The the yeah, totally. The effort here is going to be fairly big. Um, but I think this is like right in like Bjorn's ballpark. Like it starts yeah. as a Figma project of like, and basically what we said is like, this project is going to spend a lot of time on the, like, we can't see anything side of the hill chart in like base camp terminology mm -hmm. because it's worth it. Like, let's just go completely broke and just do whatever, like we can like just complete think completely out of the box. And then we'll just, we'll, we'll, gather you know all the pieces together and like 
find out like how to put them together later on. And once we do that, it probably won't take that long to build because it's a fairly small part of the app. Um, but let's just try like think out of the box. And, and what we kind of realized was that there's a lot of things in the past few months where we've had some sort of, you know, we were kind of like talking about like how we wish we could do something. Like I wish we could do this. Like an example is I wish we could like test um, the SSH connection before people did their first deployment to see if it worked. Or like, I wish we could scan their GitHub repository to like see which files they had. Or I wish we could, you know, kind of log into their server and, and figure out their file structure instead of asking them to provide a path. So because maybe they don't know what this server file structure is. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's like, <laughs> it was just an hour of us just saying, oh, if we do this, we can actually start to think about doing this thing that we really wish we could do. Um, yeah. And it just we just kept writing things down that we could potentially do with this project. Um, so the risk is like that'll just go completely out of scope. Um, but we're trying to be really careful about that. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, it, I, given your all's proficiency and uh, the last time you had a fear about huge amount of scope i think you did uh did pretty well yeah i think we've done pretty well historically uh with these kinds of projects and we really try to think like how can we how can we is there an easier way to do this um right right but this is also like a, okay if we do this we might as well do this <laughs> and mm-hmm. clean up some stuff um yeah, yeah. but well, it's, you- it's a fun yeah yeah, I mean, it's a fun project, and and like it's cool. the kind of thing like when we figure this out, like I feel like we're really close at having a pretty strong product user fit right now, which has been the whole, you know, goal for this quarter, um, and the last quarter, um, but it's like it'll be much stronger with this thing. Like it'll just be so obvious why this is so much better than any other competitor out there. That it's like if we can fix this before we try to like push that big button that I talked about, like it'll just be worth it because people just instantly get it. And maybe even some of those people that answered non-technical will be able to use the tool as well. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the reality is like, there is no, there is no red button. Like there's no one red <laughs> button. I, I think no. like, no, we, no, no. We launch is such a terrible uh, metaphor actually. Right. Because it's like, you hit the button and the rocket launches once. <laughs> yeah, we we don't live it. That's not the world we live in. The world is so big that you can't possibly, at, at best, I mean, let's giving you the benefit of the doubt. It's just like, does a critical mass of people know about this yet? Like, no, you're right, and that'll happen. But, um, but I agree with the the sentiment and strategy is you know that's not that hasn't been the focus. Once this is done, it will be. I and, I literally don't worry yeah. about this right now. It's like it, I, I in front of my eyes, like things are working now, like things that I was worried about like a couple of weeks ago, but it turned out it was just around the corner hmm. and it is working. And, you know, it's not a thing where people go like for the, and maybe that be, that's because it's too cheap. Who, who knows? But like when it's the right user, and they're activated in the product and they start to um, to run those builds, no one's complained about the price. Right. Yep. They, it's like, obviously they have to pay because they want to keep using it. 
and um it's just been really good to see um but actually another point i wanted to make is that when i look at our customers right now i, I said we we crossed the 10 or we we got to the 10 customer milestone actually only five of those customers have if i'm completely honest five of those customers are not our target customers because they're not really in in that agency slash freelancer category like they're like a product business or you know just something a little bit different and it's again it's like those blinders it's some of them like we had a newspaper sign up the other day and i'm you know they might stay as a paid customer but they might also not because they're not like they aren't really super activated yet and it's not the it's not the perfect use case and obviously it's going to suck when you if you get that cancellation notice but also it's like it's a false signal because yeah why like it doesn't matter cuz it it doesn't tell us that it's not a great tool for agencies because they're not an agency so it's you yep. know from an agency point of view there might be nothing wrong with the product just because someone who works at a newspaper cancels yeah i mean this goes back to imagine if your imagine if your volume of interest was so thin or low that you weren't getting any agencies yeah and then you know then you're not getting enough and this this actually reminds me i think it's easy to look as a founder like starting a business you're going to look out there and say what does the world need right and you pick pick some product category right and you go after it but like you don't seem to get traction like you're just kind of dying in this like why is nobody buying this thing? Why is this not clicking? Why isn't there more conversions? You know, you're, you're kind of in that land of, <laughs> of, of just drought. And yeah. it's really funny because I think it's, it's, it's only obvious in hindsight that like you go to a supermarket, right? And I'm going to steal like a Mac- Malcolm Gladwell phrase. Like you go to the, like the sauces aisle and he has this really <laughs> great talk where he's like, there's no spaghetti sauce there are only spaghetti sauces. And like, that's, that was the realization that I think it was Ragu or somebody had, or Unilever, one of these big, big CPG companies had back in the nineties was, or even eighties is that you need to be specific, right. In order to actually sell or to compete. And I feel like it's so easy, like with, with you and I starting out, it's like, I'm going to do CICD for WordPress. And it's like, Whoa, that's a big category but you were missing the four agencies part. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, that's like saying, I'm going to do sauce for spaghetti. And it's like, <laughs> nobody buys sauce for spaghetti. Everybody buys the chunky one or the spicy one or the olive one or the, you know, what I mean? <laughs> but like, but like, seriously, there's no, what you're describing is an abstract product category and people don't buy it. Right. Yeah. That's, that's not it. And nope. so, I think that's the value hacking phase to use yet another sort of framework yep. that we talked about is the, oh, you needed, you know, a focus on deployment in a word in the WordPress world for agencies, right? And like now that you've got those three, <laughs> you're getting traction, right? Yeah. And for me, it was like, I want to do financial forecasting. Oh, but I actually need to do it for um, startups that are significantly progressed, uh, progressed enough in their you know, maturity to care about financial forecasting. Mm. And I need to sell to people who would normally use Excel. Like I'm going after Excel as a incumbent. 
Yeah. Um, like, and I'm not selling services. It's like, oh, now that's starting to click. Right? Yeah. But it's really hard when you just, when you only have one of those three or four. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, it's, and everybody talks about this. And this is not original. Like everyone talks about focus and the beachhead and the niche and niche, serving a niche or whatever. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's really frustrating when you're in that zone to say like, why is nobody buying my sauce or ice cream? Or yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, cause it's not fitting a need yet. You know, that's, it's, nuts. yeah. But then, and then the problem yeah. is when they buy it, like they might be mad because it's, or think it's not great. And then the, uh, the, 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 like the, you know, the trick is to ignore it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's really hard when you're in the, you know, you're, you're finally getting to the point where you're like, okay, do I need, it's, it's a spicy sauce, but then like your first 15 people, like out of them, the first 14 don't like spice. <laughs> like, and I like, it doesn't invalidate the fact that, you know, there's demand for it. It's just that you haven't come across, you know what I mean? Like, do you change? Yeah. yeah. This is the hard stuff. Right. Um, so With, now that we've, now that you're talking about sauce, I don't know why, why I need to tell you this on a podcast, but something that always amazed me in um, in Scotland was the fact that they call ketchup for red. It's called red sauce. Literally. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. They don't call it ketchup. They just call it red sauce. That's really odd. Yeah. I don't know why I mentioned this. I don't, I don't know if we still have any listeners left across the hour mark. <laughs> but you know... Lot. We haven't talked in two weeks. Like, who can blame us? No, not, I, I can't blame us. Can you? <laughs> <laughs> no. But um, anyways, yeah, like, so I had, the funny thing actually was when, when I was talking to Bjorn, um, when we were at seven customers, um, and like two hours later, we were at 10 customers, but we were at seven customers. And I actually, on that call, I said, you know, we're at seven customers now and I, I can see like a few customers probably come come through pretty soon and that then we have 10 customers and, and you know, there's these different things that I've been talking about. Like maybe that's something we start need to start looking at when we get to those 10 customers. And those are like things about like how we do, you know, some of the backend stuff we do that ideally we might be doing in a different way, but it's like, you know, you don't want to, reinvent the wheel too much and spend too much time optimizing stuff when you don't have any customers. Um, mm -hmm. But like maybe it's just something to start to be aware of, which is funny mm -hmm. because then it happened right after I said it. Um, <laughs> but what I also pointed out was like, you know, not all of our customers right now are their ideal customers. So I think I'm going to push this out until we have, you know, our 10 mm -hmm. agency customers, which yeah. is actually the goal for the quarter. Um yeah, yeah. I, I thought about this too. I, I just shared on Twitter that I've started using Intercom for product-related communications because it's gotten to the point where I can't just send emails from my inbox to the three or four people, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, it's now in the dozens of people or, or, or more. And so um, it's funny though, like I had Intercom sitting there for a long time, but it didn't make sense to shift to using it when the scale wasn't there, right? It just didn't, yeah. it, it didn't make sense. Now <laughs> yeah, I consider it a bit now though. It's like, I want to build a process oriented company. It is now a milestone that I feel like I want to hit and stay there where no product updates go through intercom. 
and I'm not going back, right? I'm not going back to the other way because this is we've upgraded the process. It was the yeah. right time to do it, right? Um, so yeah. yeah, it's easy to get yeah. ahead of yourself and start using tools before you actually need them. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that we added live chat to the side. At least it's been yeah. really paying for itself many times already. Um, I want to mention plans a bit. Uh, I know Q4 is still like, you know, what, what six, seven weeks out. Um, but in my world, it's not really because I'll have a baby before <laughs> Q4 starts. So it'll, there, there'll be some disruption there. I'll so see you in Q1. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I feel good about things right now. Like I feel like we're really, really nailing down the, the, the product use of it. Like I'm just, you know, I'm just comfortable right now. Like I was talking to a, to a, a hosting platform the other day and they were like, like explain to me when, you know, when branch would be a good fit uh, versus like another tool. And I'm like, honestly, like if someone's a customer with your company, it's really hard for me to see why, like why, how someone, something else would be a better fit than branch right now, because Ooh. literally everything nice. we built is like with someone like exactly your cust customer profile in mind. So like, frankly, like it's hard for me to see why it, like when it wouldn't be a good fit if they needed to automate their deployments. Um, and I really meant it when I said that, um, but yeah, there's still like those few quirks, uh, that I talked about, like those two text fields essentially um one of them actually has a pretty dangerous assumption right now that i'm really eager to fix and we kind of fixed it for now like with a hack but you know the stuff that we're working on in this shape up cycle which you know this shape up cycle will overlap um me having a baby so um bjorn will be busy implementing all our crazy ideas while i'll be doing whatever you do when you just had a baby yeah. um, and then we'll get to Q4. And I think at that point it's like, yeah, I wrote in my investor update. I think it's time to reread the traction book. Um, I, in my mind, it's like our product is really good and it's proving itself. Um, we're, you know, nailing or concretizing some of these partnerships. Um, all the like basic stuff is like, you know, getting into place there's a huge market out there and and we have a great product. It's like now we just need, like it's not a matter of like if we can find customers, it's like we just need to like figure out what the best way to find them is, um, which is like that's, you know, that's just like work you have to do. Um, it's not magic or anything like that. Um, but I really think Q4 is when I want to start pouring more water through the funnel and just start to optimize stuff and, you know, get more and more people and start to scale it up. Um, I think that's really going to be the goal. And I'm, I'm excited. Like when I'm, when I'm thinking about that now, because every decision is like trying to think about like, you know, how can we optimize this part before we really start doing that? And, um, you know, fixing all this stuff, all, you know, basically, um, processing all the signals we get in right now uh, from our current customers and users and then yeah think about what the next step look, looks like um which is really exciting yeah that, that and i'm realizing i'm way more optimistic than i did three weeks ago but i am <laughs> yeah it's just around the corner man um yeah yeah it's it's a hungry system so you find the bottleneck you remove it you move on to the next one and yeah 
you know, that's, that's right now. I feel like I, I've got, I've got all greater than zeros, at least from a yeah. very beginning to cash register situation and renewal. So yeah. now it's just a question of like, how do I get more people to pay? And how do I get the people that are paying? How do I get them more value so that they pay more? And, yes. Um, uh, that's, that's, it's exciting to be in this phase, you know, and I don't yeah. know. I, th- I, I would just call it maybe like I've gone from pre, you know, to use VC terminology, it's like pre-seed to seed. You know, it's like the mm-hmm. literally no idea where I'm, <laughs> no idea where the exit door is from this, from this room that I'm in and I'm like blindfolded yeah. and it's all dark. And now it's like, oh, I'm, I, I found my way out. And now, yeah. <laughs> now it's a new maze, but at least the lights are on <laughs> and I can smell something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's like with the, when the, when like the Mike Mabel's junior stuff with the value hacking phase, it's like, that's when you decide which, I don't know, like slope or mountain bike trail or whatever you want to pick. Um, and that's when you like, you prepare for that. Um, and then you go like, then you start like the growth hacking phase or whatever the next phase is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can tell you, like once I decided that I really am competing with Excel for this use case, I, I, that's like picking the trail, you know, and yeah. I picked, I picked a, t- a tough one, but it's brought a lot of clarity and sense of like, okay, then if that's the case, then these are your customers that you're trying to win away. This is the go to market. This is the price. This is, you know, like yeah, so, yeah. so much is clear now. And I'm not saying it's the only exit that I could have found out of that room. Right. And that's kind of an interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. experiment, but it's the one that I found and I'm the most excited about. So the, the way I'm thinking about the business right now is almost like, and I actually feel like it's the same for all three of us in our mastermind, like you, me and Derek. When I was a kid, I had this little car toy car where the, it had a little screw and you can, you know, turn this thing. And that's kind of like how you built momentum when you release the car. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, I do. And yeah. it's like, you want to see how far you can go. Right. So you just keep tuning the thing and then finally, like you let it go. I, I hope that's, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think like you, you're, you're taking in new information every time you go to turn that screw. Yeah. You're like, should I, should I let it go now? Or should I turn one more time? Oh uh, yeah, that it would be worth it to turn it one more time. So you're kind of, it, it is a, um, it is still a continuous learning, like to decide if you're going to keep tightening it. But yeah. as long as you know that by tightening it, you're going to go farther and achieve more, then that's actually long-term thinking, in my opinion. It is like that. We we talked about this, this a few times. Like you're trying to determine your growth um, curve, basically. Like, and it's, you know that's basically what matters right like you're fine-tuning things but when numbers are low or in the early stages like when you determine basically the yeah the route you're gonna take yeah i mean i can say this way like if i hadn't rewritten the product i think the i would have you know the the company (laughs) this startup as as we know it would have probably died at somewhere around, you know, 500 to a thousand bucks a month in revenue. I would have been struggling to sell to people would have been doing a bunch of consulting to try to support it. I would have evolved it slowly. Like, and, and I just wouldn't have stayed interested. Right. And like yeah. that, that is, that's what would have happened if I had decided I just need to sell this thing more. 
Like I just need to get out there and sell this thing more, get more people yeah. to buy, you know, twist their arms. Yeah, yeah. Instead, I was like, no, let me let me take the car back in the shop. <laughs> I yeah. think I think this is the wrong the wrong car. Let me let me tighten this up a bunch. Yeah, because when you do that, it's like the conversion rate. Maybe you double the conversion rate every time you do that. Exactly. That's and then it's going to exponentially change your growth curve. Yeah. And, and I was just responding to feedback. So, you know, there's a whole, yeah. whole route there. But anyway, I just wanted to say like it, the, there's multiple paths we can take. And I think some of them that are in a hurry are, I hate suboptimal gets overused, but a lot of the ones that are in a hurry are short-term thinking. Yeah. And you just end up languishing with like a little bit of revenue, a little bit of growth. Yeah, they're in a hurry, but like they won't necessarily travel faster. It's like, how do you, you know, if you're a rocket ship, like, well, it takes probably takes a long time to fuel one of those. Yeah, well, I mean, it also reminds me of like, did you ever do like the the class assignment where they give you like a bag of of random objects and say, build a boat to go over this little, this little, yeah. I, I don't know, like this little pool of water. And yeah, like, yeah. There were the kids who just like built a boat that anything that floats as fast as possible and then just like try to get it to go. And then there were the kids who were like, they spent 45 of the 50 minutes like designing and building this thing. Yeah. And, and of course, testing the different things. And then when they did it, it was like, it just crushed because it was the right this design. sounds fun. Yeah. So <laughs> design, it's a thing. It's a thing in business yeah. and it's a thing in product. So awesome. Anyways, All right, now man. I'm going to, I'm going to end this podcast because uh, really we should. have a mastermind as well. <laughs> All right, be responsible. Let's go. Yes. Awesome, man. It was good to have you back, and uh, I'll talk to you later. All right. See you, man. Bye. Bye.